1: COVID. COVID response really is going to be taking uh, front and center as you probably heard throughout the day Dr. Dina Hinshaw putting out an, op-end, uh, an op-ed really uh, kind of like her last stand on it all really reiterating a lot of what she said a week ago in that news conference but in it she did say that she was sorry for the way she communicated about the plan changes to COVID-19 response. Sorry that it has caused feelings. of confusion, fear, and anger for some people. We'll talk more about that coming up. Also going to talk about the entertainment scene in the city of Edmonton. Lots to get to this afternoon, but... Yeah, we're going to start with COVID and we're going to start with the fact that the Canadian Medical Association and the Canadian Nurses Association, which represents doctors and nurses across the country, well, they're calling for mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations for health care workers. Let's find out more with Dr. Catherine Smart, the incoming president of the Canadian Medical Association. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, let's start with this. So, why has the Canadian Medical Association joined the call for vaccinations to be mandatory for healthcare workers?
0: Well, I think what we've seen from the beginning of the pandemic is healthcare professionals stepping forward to receive their vaccines and leading the way in that regard, which has been fantastic. Now, with the Delta variant coming and the numbers uh, rising and, and the you know increased improved access to vaccination, we really felt the time is now to to really commit to mandatory vaccination for all healthcare professionals in order to provide that safety to our patients.
1: I am curious to know when it comes for making vaccines mandatory for healthcare workers, does the CMA see that call coming from the federal government or from provincial governments?
0: I think it would be fantastic to see all level of government get on the same page about this. Um, you know, the facts are clear. Vaccines are safe, they're, they're effective, and they're clearly the way out of this pandemic. And I think we're really looking to all our levels of government for leadership in this domain uh, to ensure that patients have safe care and also to encourage increasing vaccination rates in the population as well.
1: What, what's, what are the biggest concerns that um, the, the CMA has if some doctors and nurses are not vaccinated?
0: Well, I think, you know, what we're seeing with the Delta variant is it's much more contagious than the initial variants of COVID. Um, The viral loads that people have with the Delta variant are much higher. So there's a lot more risk in terms of transmitting this variant amongst the people that are around you. So that would include, of course, to colleagues and also to patients. And so really the only way at this point to ensure safety for people in the healthcare setting is that the people that are working there are vaccinated. Um, And and we feel strongly that this is the right way to go forward and we want to see all people who provide healthcare in Canada to be on the same page.
1: Dr. Catherine Smart is the incoming president of the Canadian Medical Association, joining me this afternoon. Uh, When it comes to healthcare workers, do you have an idea of how many of them
0: are and aren't vaccinated. You know, unfortunately, we don't have that data. Uh, There hasn't been any national data made available on that, which, of course, would be useful at this point in time. We don't really know. Um, And I think what you would find if you did look at that data is it would be variable across the country and amongst the different people that provide health care. So at this point, we don't know the numbers for sure, but I think what we are certain about is we'd like to see that number close to 100%.
1: We'd like to see it close to 100%. So, um, you know, I'm wondering why... Why do you believe there would be vaccine hesitancy among healthcare workers?
0: I think we need to recognize that uh, for some people who work in healthcare, there are structural barriers to being vaccinated. Um, you know, so we're talking about healthcare professionals. We're talking about you know people that are personal care attendants in long-term care to hospitals. So there's a large range in terms of who provides healthcare and and what their options are in terms of time off or having the ability to access vaccine so I think what we want to see is first and foremost those structural barriers are addressed so that people have that confidence that they have time to go get their vaccine that if they're not feeling well the next day and they aren't able to perform their duties that that work would be covered and they're not going to be penalized for that you know paid sick time those things are really important um, I think we also need to recognize that you know There's going to be people who work in healthcare who still have questions about vaccines, just like any other people in the population, and they're going to need opportunities to have those questions addressed and answered in a way that's relevant to them. So we need to address those issues as well if we're going to move forward with something like mandatory vaccination.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So we know that to date, no uh, government in Canada has made vaccines mandatory, kind of looking around the world. uh, uh, France, Italy, Greece have introduced legislation that effectively mandates COVID-19 vaccination for healthcare workers. We know the American Medical Association, the American Nursing Association uh, formally calling for mandatory vaccines in a statement issued last week. I mean, the, the communities that represent uh, healthcare workers seemingly very much on board with this, but we know here in Ontario, as we said, in Canada, no governments have have made uh, vaccines mandatory. On The Ontario Premier said last week that he doesn't want to force anyone to get a vaccine that doesn't want one. The Premier in Alberta pretty much saying the same thing so how do you how do you how do you see this moving forward if you have leadership saying you know we're not going to force anyone to do it
0: I think we really need to challenge our leaders to lead with science and fact if we see a fourth wave of this pandemic it's going to be a pandemic of misinformation There's no question that vaccines are now available to everyone. They're incredibly safe. They are arguably the most effective vaccines we've ever seen uh, invented. So there's really no rational reason not to be vaccinated at this point. So I think what we need in our leadership is people stepping up to say, you know, this, this decision is beyond just what impacts you. Your choice not to be vaccinated means children under 12 may get COVID and become sick. It may mean schools close. It may mean the healthcare system shuts down again to elective procedures, increasing the backlog of all sorts of people waiting for things like knee replacements, cancer surgeries, etc., this is, you know, these decisions go beyond just your own personal opinion. So I think we really need to base our leadership in science and facts and, and really come out to the population to say, you know, this isn't a global emergency and the expectation is that you step up and do the right thing for yourself, your family and your community.
1: Dr. Smart, it's 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 interesting to, you know, if you've been watching what's been happening here in Alberta, the Premier, the Chief Medical Officer of Health, saying that there are decisions to pretty much lift all um, lingering uh, requirements around COVID-19 in this province um, they're they are going to be lifted by the end of the month they're saying that those decisions are in fact based on on science and vaccine um, have you been following what's been happening in Alberta and I'm curious to know your thoughts on it
0: Yes, absolutely. I have and you know, I am concerned and I think there's a lot of concern across the country about that decision based largely on what we're seeing in other places that have similar vaccination rates to Alberta, like in Florida, other parts of the United States, where they're well into a fourth wave of COVID. They're seeing massive amounts of hospitalization. Um, So, you know, I, I think it is really concerning. You know, right now, for sure, over the summer, we've seen a lull in cases and we have seen increasing uptake of vaccination, which has all been fantastic. But the Delta variant is really just starting to circulate in Canada, and I think what we're seeing in other countries where the numbers are higher is that it is creating a significant fourth wave, Um, and that's my concern. And I think that's the concern of the CMA and the nurses' groups as well as other professionals across the country. You know, are we where are we headed this fall, and are some of these decisions? too soon for where we're at and and i i think that we're going to see that that's likely the case uh, unless we see more people uptake the vaccine
1: you know i'm i'm oftentimes when we have these conversations on my show uh, about um, the, the, the restrictions being lifted um, and, and there's concern obviously and, and we're seeing demonstrations across the province here uh, right now there's a lot of concerns for those who can't get vaccinated maybe because they're immunocompromised uh, or they're they're under 12. Um, I often hear from people saying well you know what we know that um, the, the the severe outcomes in children are much less than in older populations we know we know you know there's there's all sorts of justifications I know that based on the statistics there were 50,000 cases of COVID-19 in kids under 19 um, during the pandemic what do you say to those who say well it's just kids they'll be they'll be fine
0: I'd say a lot you know a lot of things about that I think first of all not all the kids will be fine so you're going to see some death and also some disability long COVID is something that is happening in children Yes, the rate is lower than in adults, but it's not zero. So even if 4 or 5% of kids who get COVID have long-term disability from that, is that something we're willing to accept? And then I think people forget about the other spinoffs of a large group of people having COVID, right? What about schools shutting down again? We're in a mental health crisis with children and youth. If we start to see a large outbreak of of COVID in children across the country or in a province, we're going to have to have school shutdowns. And what's the impact of that on people? You know, what's the impact of hospitals being overwhelmed again and then having to do things like cancel more elective surgeries, diagnostic imaging... So I think, you know, the trouble with using something like a severe outcome like death is the only outcome people are looking at is they're forgetting about the impact across our society on all these other issues which are really important and will have long-term consequences as a nation as we move forward. Before I let you
1: go, one final question. We know that, um, you know, the, the very likelihood of mandatory max- vaccines would result in legal challenges. Do you believe it would stand up in court?
0: I believe, you know, we've seen different commentary on that and certainly a lot of legal experts who've said that it would if that happened. And I think we would have to see uh, what the outcome was. But I don't believe that the fear of that should stop us from doing the right thing. I think our job in healthcare is to lead with facts and science and what we think is going to protect people. And, and what I think we're dealing with right now is a vaccine that's incredibly safe that's incredibly effective. So I think our job is to do whatever it takes to get as many people vaccinated as possible to keep people safe.
1: Dr. Catherine Smart is the incoming president of the Canadian Medical Association. Dr. Smart, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me.